Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Girls Like Us, the podcast that begs the question, what does a degree in children's literature get you? And the answer is... She did is, it again. She did it again. Oh, my fucking God. What does a this degree... This is why Franny's not allowed to do the intro. <laughs> what does a degree in literature get you? And the answer is a podcast about children's books, question mark. This book is not for children. And but honey, it is. It shouldn't be for adults either, but it is. This book might be actually... We'll get into it, but this book might be worse for adults than it is for children. Like, this oh, book yeah. might be... Because, like, I remember reading it and being like, oh, wow. I love this book. And like reading it as an adult, like you've got to cry. You pulling teeth, pulling literally. I would rather, if you ask me, Sophie, would you rather read this book again or go into the bathroom and pull out your teeth with like a, like dull pair of like eyebrow tweezers? I would say the latter, please. Yeah. Um, Sophie for the intro, I had previously said, so I saw death on the Nile yesterday and I said, I was going to talk about that, but I realize what might be more important, and I don't think I've clued you in on this, is that I think we, uh, Megan and I have been watching Cycle 7 of America's Next Top Model. Mm. And we got it, and we just got to the finale, so no spoilers, but we got to talk about my favorite character, Natasha. Natasha. I'm going to, hold on, I'm Googling a picture of her really yeah. quick to make sure that I, Natasha A-N-T-M. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we got to talk about Natasha. Natasha is Russian, um, Mm -hmm. and she, I I have to say just that I was so happy for her because she's Russian, and we know that she has a husband and a kid. And the whole time, Meg and I were like, this husband, like, we hope he's hot. And then they showed a picture, (laughs) and he was hot. So that's that's okay. Okay. I feel like, Thank God. Thank God. It's like, phew. Um, But yeah, it's, it's an interesting season. I mean, I don't know. Like, I was kind of talking about this to Meg, like, it obviously fell off this in the later seasons, but if you think about it in kind of the echelon of reality TV shows where, um, you know, other than you just winning money, right? Mm-hmm. They get a contract and they get a contract with both that modeling company and with CoverGirl. And that's like a really, really good prize. I feel well, like in comparison to many other reality shows. I'm going to say something that mm-hmm. might be controversial and also something that our listeners will probably hate hearing. Um, because it's, you know, the kind of thing that as soon as I open my mouth about this, people go, oh my God, here she goes again. But as somebody who, you know, is now in law school, I will say a contract might actually be the worst thing you could get out of any agreement Mm. because any contract that these women get out of America's Next Top Model, think about it, think about it. These women are not bargaining for this contract. This is a, um, what we in the business call, you know, sort of a form contract, what a contract of business. adhesion. <laughs> what we in the business, yeah. people who, you know, um, do things and move things in the world, uh, you know, lawyering, writing mm-hmm. contracts, kind of the, ma- the major power players of the world, of which I now am one. Um, I'll tell you that a contract is uh, actually probably not a good thing for a woman who's not in a position to bargain for it. So... You know, you win America's Next Top Model. It's not like you walk off set and Tyra and Jay Manuel take you to a bargaining table. Mm-hmm. Um, the, you know, the man who produces America's Next Top Model, like, sends you a thing to docu-sign and you docu-sign it. Yeah. And I don't think that contract, uh, you know, I would have to read it, mm-hmm. as we in the business often do, read things. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> I don't think that contract entitles 
these women to anything. Like, I think that it's more of like a... Yes, it does. It entitles them to get ads run with CoverGirl. Now, I'm not I'm not saying the monetary value of that. Yeah, it does. They're, they, they, that makes them a CoverGirl. I don't... I would be hard-pressed to say that they're... It's like... Like, I'm sure that there are many... It's like you get ads with CoverGirl if CoverGirl wants to continue to give you ads. I'm sure it entitles you to one CoverGirl ad. I mm-hmm. don't think it entitles you to a secure job with CoverGirl. I, this is all speculation. Yeah. But but you have to, but like, think about it, like from these girls' perspectives, like obviously like, okay, from maybe like a lawyerly perspective, maybe this isn't something they want to be tied into. But I was just thinking about the difference between this and like Project Runway. On Project Runway, you get like, you know, the brother sewing room, one, 100K or whatever, and you get a car or whatever. But you're not like, it's not like, and also, well, maybe you get like a blue fly. You get a contract with blue fly because, honey, they could they could use it back then. Yeah. But like, but like, <laughs> that's you, a get for blue fly. Yeah, that's a big get for blue fly. You know, they the got to be on the accessory wall, the constantly changing accessory wall, which it's like, yeah, who's paying us the most money this season. The person who gets, the blue, like the person who gets sent home first on Project Runway, mm-hmm. would be a huge get for an exclusive line with BlueFly.com. Absolutely, like, let's be real. Yeah, yeah, but they're not. But I feel like they're for a contestant. Like it is a bigger boon to get the the double contract they're getting with ANTM versus um, you're on Project Runway. There's no guarantee that you're going to make a ton out of that. And I feel like a big thing for them to come on would be if it was like, okay, and also a prize is you get to design a line with Nordstrom or whatever. So that has been a prize in the past with Lord and Taylor. Oh, really? I will say, They are constantly changing the the prizes on Project One Way. Yeah, you're, but I, 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 I have to push back your argument. I, like, you are failing to consider in your argument um, where are these women who won ANTM? Yeah, but where are the women who lost ANTM? It would be my pushback to that. But how is it better to be, I guess what I'm trying to say is how is it better to be a winner of ANTM rather than somebody who places fifth on ANTM? Like what are the material, what is the material like uh, oh, over, like so, yeah. track, track five years? What is the material benefit over five years? I would say not that much. Okay, think about it this way. You either put ANTM on your resume. Now, you put that as the winner, too, but you can also put that as a contestant. But this what, is assuming what? this is assuming that these women have resumes, too, which is No, bold. they have their portfolio. Sophie, why do you think they get the photo at the end of the, at it's the, a end portfolio, of the episode? It's a portfolio, but but I'm, I'm thinking of resume in a, in a, I guess, a, like a, you know, a professional type way of mm. like, you know, these women are applying then to like jobs as like, you know, customer service representatives yeah. at startups that sell direct to consumer <laughs> products. Like, this was actually from a photo shoot where I had to be um, the collegiate <laughs> and um, I was in, I was a drag queen king and then there was a drag queen with me. Um, also, this is an ad where I did, I was in a spider's web. <laughs> right. I which one that one was. This is an ad where um, they made me do my biggest fear, which is hover over like a big hole in the ground. Um, yeah. <laughs> and it's an ad for deodorant because the scariest thing to the modern woman is smelling bad in front of a man. Oh my God. Um, but I would say that like this certainly gives them a little bit of a more professional 
air than it does of someone who was not on, who who did not win and who did not get both of these contracts. I still okay. think it's for these I'm gonna women. Further, okay, go for I'm it. I'm going to further deconstruct your contract. I guarantee, uh, your argument, I guarantee, like, uh, this is the thing, is like, I have, like, from what I, like, from the co- the legal context that I now have, I just don't think there's any way that these women are getting, like, even close to, like, a humane contract. And mm. what do I think are some of the major clauses in this contract? Exclusivity. They're not allowed to work with anybody else. Like, they, for those however long these contracts run that you have referenced, they are not allowed to go. Do you get, think that—wait, that, is that true? I almost— I, Almost certainly guarantee you that before they take a job, America's Next Top Model has to approve it because I know that that's part of the contract that people win on American Idol. But and it's I not just, a contract with America's Next Top Model. It's a contract with CoverGirl and I know. Worldwide Modeling. Yeah, I know, but Worldwide Model Management or whatever the hell it's called gets to tell you what you are, what you can and can't do, and they also take a cut of it. I don't think there's any—I don't think you can just like— like do anything that they're not interested. And then also at the same time, I it's it's like being limited by that and by how much money you are going to make by them going out and getting you work. I think in my opinion, if I was, you know, a tiny, tiny lady and I was blessed enough to be a model, I think I would not be interested in the limitation yeah. that that came with. Like having to be like, okay, now it's these people, like literally only these people are legally entitled to going out and getting me work. Like I cannot like mm-hmm. think about my brand by myself. I think that that could prove problematic for, you know, an enterprising young woman like myself. Yeah. Here, okay. Here is what Reddit is assuming. Okay. It's it's an up to an 100K or and an 100K dollar contract with CoverGirl Cosmetics. D- does, so, does it say up to a hundred thousand dollars? No, say- it says and uh, so and then someone commented, and this is all hearsay, obviously, but um, a hundred k for a four year contract. That so is to me, so that is bad. Saying, it's it is really bad, but it, to me, that's saying that they're getting twenty five k every year, maybe regardless of whether they they are doing a like lippy whatever. But you also, can't we were work with another today. makeup brand. You can't work with another makeup brand then. I guarantee mm. you that is But do you think they were getting booked for, for other makeup brands? I just think, like, I you are more likely, if you are, like, an enterprising, hustling person, to make $25,000 a year doing something that doesn't say, actually, you can only wear, like, CoverGirl CC cream for the next four years. Do you would you describe the contestants of America's Next Top Models as enterprising, hustling people? Would be I my pushback to that. I think that they could at least, it, like Franny, you and I, you know, we're we're not necessarily enterprising, hustling people. No, you and I both make more than twenty five thousand dollars a year, and like I don't even have a job. Yeah, that that is yeah. These the yeah, it's not a great deal with with CoverGirl. Um, we were laughing today because they were doing they their ad was for like True Shine lip or something, and the, it, which is a lip gloss, and it said matches up to ninety seven percent of skin tones, which makes me ask, what is the three percent of skin tones that it looks so fucking ugly on that they're like legally we can't say <laughs> because it's not like a foundation, like it's not matching the color of your skin, it's a different right. color. Um, we can agree to disagree on this. I'd love to get some more research and we still have to read the model and the bitch or whatever the, the Miss J fiction tell all is. I did yeah. start it. There's a copy of it in the back of Meg's car. Um, and it was, it's like in like 13 point Helvetica. Um, it looks like I printed it out like uh, whatever. Oh. And 
Um, I don't know, but we can, I'd love to hear more about kind of the legalese of, of what these contracts are. What is elite model management saying? Um, if anyone knows anything, you know, let us know if we have any top model, former top model. I bet we could get a top model contestant on, on the pod. Uh, Oh, Oh, yeah, we could do if we wanted a top model contestant to join this call right now tonight, we absolutely could do that. <laughs> I remember um, my friend um Emma in in high school was like she had friended several of them on Facebook <laughs> because they're yeah. just available. It's like they're like what else are these these contestants going to do? Then most of them are just like um like the most successful ones are now just like mommy bloggers. Yeah, what where is um Mother, father, brother, daughter, singing, singing underwater. That girl who was like a 4chan girl, like with the really big eyes, who was on All Stars. Oh, the she? blonde one. Anyway, speaking of, you know, pieces of media like America's Next Top Model and like, you know, entering a, a contract with CoverGirl that will just send you into the pits of of sadness. Let's let's talk about this book, Sophie. Yeah. And first of all, apologies to the listener because we were like, what's a Valentine's Day themed book? Of course, you can go to our Patreon if you'd like to hear our coverage of Valentine's Day, the movie, but this book features a holiday called Cupid Day. But of course, it's also about a girl reliving her life in purgatory until she eventually dies. Um, It's Before I Fall. Oh my god, I burped. Ugh. Before By, I burp. Uh, before I burped. I'm <laughs> drinking the um have you had the Rheingeist the, like they stock it in Chicago now? Yeah. Crumb cake. It's really good. It's like a Gross. stout. No, it tastes ew, really good. Ew, no, never ask me to drink a stout. That's I like stouts. Problematic. Um so this book also, I'm going to say for this episode, probably blanket trigger warning for suicide, because that's an integral <sighs> plot point in this. Um, I totally forgot about that. Yeah, this book, like, it, so let's, it's a, yeah, yeah. Let's pull out for a sec. Let's pull out for a sec before okay. we, we dive in. What, this is a teen death book. Yeah. What other teen death books if I stay. have we read? Uh, we haven't, okay, we haven't read If I Stay, but If I Stay is the one that I confuse most in my mind, which I believe is a similar thing, except maybe that one's worse because I think she, like, her entire family dies in a car crash and she's an entire family has to be like, okay, do I stay or do I go? Um, Horrible. Well, the worst we, thing that could possibly happen. I, Pretty Little Liars is a book about a teen's death that I don't know if it counts as a teen death book. And I would say Heaven Looks a Lot Like the Mall was similar mm-hmm. in that she's in a purgatory. Yeah. Um, and, oh, except, and we were liars. Except in Heaven Looks a Lot Like a Mall, she's like, I don't think she's ever at like risk of actually dying. It, didn't she just kind of get bonked on the head? She was like in, because remember she was in there with that guy who like drilled a hole in his head. Right. Um, there and was, so I do think that it was like a concussion. Like she was like unconscious. She might not have been at risk of dying, but she was in a hospital room and she was unconscious for a few days. That one felt less like horrible because it yeah. it, it felt like the whole time you weren't like, like it wasn't like, you were worried, like, oh my, like, it wasn't, it doesn't open like this book where you know it's like, oh my God, we're just gonna have to relive this teen's death over and over. Right. The the closest analog that I found to something that we have read for the podcast is, I think it's Allie's Pretty Little Lies. Yeah, she does die at the end of that. 
and we get a narration of like her consciousness fading as she dies. Yeah. And, and she's it's like, in a big hole, much like yeah. an America's Next Top Model shoot. <laughs> much like an America's Next Top Model shoot. Yeah, she's like doing an ad for deodorant and like laying at the bottom of a hole and getting buried alive. And I remember yeah, you and I were both Yeah, you and I were both so disturbed by that because she's like, the light is fading. I, I yeah. start to scream, but I can't because I'm not alive anymore. Like it's just it's so dark. And it's like Yeah. There's like, and I also want to bring up too that I'm looking at the cover of this book right now and the blurb on the front is from Jay Asher who wrote 13 Reasons Why and it came Mm. out around the same time as 13 Reasons Why. Um, And I just feel like teens like in like around the time of the financial crisis, all of a sudden teens were like, I want to read about kids like me dying. Mm -hmm. And There's just something, especially as an adult, I find, because when I read this, I must have been about 13 years old. I remember I was at theater camp, like theater day camp for the summer, and all the girlies were reading it. Um, It had a pretty cover. I remember the cover of this. It's like a girl lying sideways in the sun, which doesn't, she doesn't look like the girl described in the book. Um, No. Maybe she's the angel. Right. But it's harder, I think, to read this as an adult because you're like, oh my God. This is the end of a person's life at age 17. Like, how fucking sad is that? Yeah, it's really sad. And I guess my number one question coming out of this book is, do you think it is implied that she went to heaven at the end? Because she is talking to us throughout this. And there's also a brief thing about like modern Christians essentially believing that you can go rise up from purgatory. Like once you've like figured something out, Uh, do you think it was implied that she went to heaven or is she just like dead, dead? Cause she is narrating to us. I mean, she's definitely like, does she have an afterlife post her final kind of day? Yes. I think certainly. I mean, but maybe, but uh, is that my own theology? is that my own theology like seeping in? Like, I feel like you're going to get a different, you're going to get a different answer. Yeah. I think my thing would only be like at the beginning, she was like, it it is, she is telling us about all of this that happened from in the prologue. She's it, it, it's implied that she has passed the seven days. So that could also be, you know, from the readers was picking it up like, Oh, she lived. Um, there's kind of a question of, I guess, whether she'll live or not. If she, she didn't live, it. she didn't live. No, she died. So maybe she is like in, in some sort of heaven, which good for her. But I, I just, and the other thing I kept thinking about throughout this is like her poor parents, her friends. Exactly. It's just, it's just really hard to read from an adult's perspective. Um, and I think when her you sister. are a teen uh-huh. yeah, and all this, I think as a teen, you are self-centered in a way that makes sense. Um, and maybe reading this as an adult, first of all, you're like, oh, okay, this is a child. Right. But then like, second of all, like, you're just like, there's so much more weight to it in a world where as an adult, like you, <laughs> there, there, I would say there's a lot less things separating you and your loved ones from death, unfortunately. Absolutely. Like, Absolutely. In, in a, in a, in a sad way. And just like, yeah, it, 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 this book was like, so fucking sad to me as well as like kind of the bullying aspect of this was very sad to me too, because I don't know. I think I, I will say that I liked the prose of this book. I thought that it was well, well written. And I do think this is like an intriguing kind of plot for a book. Um, 
but like I and I think I also think the idea of like kind of seeing a character from the perspective of like a girl who has people be mean to her, but has also been mean sometimes. And I think we've read other books kind of in this. Yeah. It's every fucking book we've ever read. (laughs) Right. But, but I thought that that was maybe a little bit, I I always think that that's kind of a better way to go to like, actually like teach a teen a lesson than being like this girl, like for if had this book been from Juliet, the, the bullied girl's perspective. Um, But that was very sad too, because it just makes me think of like all the harms that, you know, we do to each other in, in day-to-day life and especially as teens. And it's like, I don't know. It's just really depressing because I don't think anyone escapes from that one way or, or the other. Um, yeah. Oh and my God. Obviously, I'm so depressed already. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so depressed. I, it's hard. I don't know. I just like, I think that this is one of those books that like, if we think about the construction of it started mm-hmm like this device of living this day over and over again seven times. I think it started as like that with the author. And like, I just don't understand why this book, I guess what I'm getting at is I don't understand why this book had to be both like girl dies in car accident in Mm -hmm. really like a disgusting, horrible, terrifying way. And suicide teen bullied girl. I don't like, I forgot that that was an element of it. And I think that it doesn't, it's like, it's porny in the, in the Mm. layering of that sadness. I think it's, I think that the, the, um, repeated attempted suicide of this girl, Juliet, like, I don't like, I don't think it's necessary. I think it's like, I don't see how it's like, like, if you're trying to teach teens the lesson that if you bully someone, they will kill themselves, yeah. like, that, that's never worked before. Like, that's always what people tell you. And it's also, I feel like, a fucked up thing to, like, put on kids' minds because really, who is, you know, like, if a teen kills themselves, first of all, it's one of those, like, just, like, tragedies that, like, you can never quite, I don't know. Like, I've, I'm, I don't know, to, like, uh, as somebody who's, like, had, like, a loved one die of suicide and has been through like, you know, therapy for several years of it. The whole, like when you go to therapy for like, you know, if you like, at least my therapists that I've had their approaches, Mm -hmm. it's like the last thing a therapist is going to try to make you do is like, do like an ABC of like why this person killed themselves. Because guess what? If you you, will never, ever, ever know. And even if you do, what good does that do? Like, they're still dead. And horrible things like, oh my God, this is like such a depressing glue. But like, (laughs) horrible things happen every day. Happy Valentine's Day, everyone. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Happy Valentine's Day. Horrible things happen every day. I mean, like recently, like, I won't get specific, but I had a good friend who had a sibling pass away Mm. unexpectedly through very random means. Um and it's unfair and it's not okay and it's horrible, but I'll, like, and like trying to make sense of it, you just can't make sense of it because all of a sudden, if you try to like put your like logician brain on, mm-hmm. like you can't make sense. Like I will never be able to make sense of the fact that my grandpa killed himself right. when he did and how he did. And, and so yeah. like for me, it's more so like acknowledging that and consi- and continuing to just face it and acknowledge it. And I don't want to say move on because you don't move on, but it's like, 
So anytime they try to like, it's the same thing with 13 Reasons Why, which we will never read for this podcast. No. <laughs> we will never, if you guys want us to read that, we'll never read that. I could not make myself do that. No. Spe- like porn, porn, porn. Um, right. Like, it's the same thing with that, where it's like trying to like narrativize why a person is killing, like, it's just, it's so wrong. And like, the only mm-hmm. thing, like, it's just, I, I don't know. I just, I don't like it because I don't think it sends yeah. a good message to teens. And if anything, then if you're a teen where you go to school with somebody who unfortunately dies by suicide, the most horrible traumatic thing to have happen in your community with someone, yeah. you know, like then all of a sudden you're carrying around this guilt when like teens fucking bully each other. That's what teens do. Like, that's how we're conditioned to behave as humans. Yeah. And there was, I I would say a bit of, um, I think that's, that's all a good point. Number one, um, you know, she, she still dies in the end. Right. But, but it's kind of implied that the reason that she was able to be in purgatory was to save this other girl's life. Um, which is not, you know, obviously not, not good. And it's like also right, like a teen's one life person a teen's can't life. die for another. Yeah. Right. Um, and, and I think the, the other, the other thing with that is like, there was kind of a lack of any sort of responsibility put on, on the adults in this book. Um, even as we're seeing like these girls who, you know, she's a mean girl, the main character of this book, her best friends are mean girls too. Um, but who are also like one of them, like, oh, her mom's an alcoholic. And like this one girl was, um, you know, raped by her brother's friend. Like there's all this stuff going on that is kind of chalked up to like, well, we all have like these, these traumas and and things that are happening. And yeah, you bring up a really good point because it's like, uh, yeah, I think it would have been the, the suicide aspect of it does kind of, uh, you're right. It does turn it into into trauma porn in a way. Um, well, especially because there's also as trauma porn. Yeah. Well, and they they even like this. Did you catch this part where they were like, yeah, like our school used to let us all go off at um you know uh breaks whenever we wanted as long as we have a free period. But one one day there was a mass suicide, and so they don't let it happen anymore. It's like <laughs> what what is going on in this town? Um, I don't know. I just like. Yeah, and that's, <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. I forgot about that. Uh, like, this is not funny, but, like, the idea of a mass suicide is, like, hilarious, like, moral panic territory where it's, like, how often have, like, like, <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah. suicide not- is contagious. Yes. Like, it is, like, it's provable that in a family or in a community or in a school where one person kills themselves, other people are more likely to die by suicide. However, when has there ever been, like, like teens doing a mass suicide. I'm sorry. That's kind of well. They, they imply it's like it's like 50 teens. Like they imply it's like a shockingly <laughs> so huge number teens. of teens. Um, I don't. I don't want to check my sources on this. Uh, if that has happened, I am so sorry. <laughs> right, that's um, but like, but like in a non. And they also kind of imply that it's just like they're like fuck it. Like let's do it. Like it's not like in like the like. Sophie's allowed to laugh at this because because of of Papa, but everybody's um, everybody's everybody's allowed to laugh at this. Like it's it's yeah. well, it's it's funny to think about, like because it's, it's so, it was a very um, weird detail to throw in. <laughs> well, because it's just like as if this book wasn't like porny enough. They were like, yeah, yeah. and then that master said, like it almost sounds as if and like it almost sounds as if it's like a like a Thanos snap. You know what I mean? Yeah, all honestly, of a sudden, like, he did snap on them. <laughs> like, he snapped when he sudden, made this book. Right. These teens just, like, cease to exist. And the only consequence is that now they are not allowed to leave 
right during free period like you would think that like this well they died for a reason sophie they died for a reason as this book implied right like if that happened at a regular school like that school would be shut down like can you imagine if walnut (laughs) Walnut, if like if like a bunch of kids had left school and like died at the same time like that like you just would like you would be like this school this school is over yeah, like it's yeah, because, it because it is like yeah, it's it's very it's very odd, and this school is haunted. Um, I'm I'm just searching the words mass suicide in this in my Kindle app. Um, I'm sorry, that's just like right. It's it's unfortunate. Um, that didn't detail did not get because unfortunately, as we know, that is a thing that 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 teens will do. You don't. I, you kind of don't need to dramatize that more than it already is and a horrible thing. So do, going the other way. Um, yeah, um, okay, here we go. Like, was it a go. Technically, you need a special pass signed by your parents and the administration (laughs) to leave campus during the school day. This wasn't always true. For a long time, one of the perks of being a senior was that you got to leave campus whenever you wanted, as long as you had a free period. That was 20 years ago, though, and a few years before Thomas Jefferson got the reputation for one of the highest teen suicide rates in the country. We looked up the article online once. The Connecticut Post called us suicide high. Connecticut Post, you cannot do that. That's rude. And then one day, a bunch of kids left campus and drove off a bridge, a suicide pact, I guess. Anyway, after that, the school forbade anyone from leaving school during the day without special permission. It's kind of stupid when you think about it. That's like finding out that kids are bringing vodka to school in water bottles and forbidding anyone to drink water. Okay, so I the 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 prose here says a bunch of kids left campus. <laughs> Maybe it was like a science project gone wrong. You know, it's not I like funny. Yeah. It's but it is. It's well, because it's, of the, it's fake. It's fake. So the school is is fake, and and yeah, also yeah, Thomas yeah. Jefferson High too. Like, can we appreciate like the morbidity of of <laughs> like naming a school after Thomas Jefferson in Connecticut? Like, that's dark. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess what's so funny about it is like like we are supposed to think that this like we are supposed to begin this book and see something to be redeemed in this narrator. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like we're supposed to be like, she's a bad kid. First of all, I have trouble doing that because we start the book knowing that this child is about to die. So I have right. a hard time it being like, like this yeah. dumb bitch. Like, yeah. And I'm she like, deserved it. She deserved it. Right. Because that seems to be at least like something that the tone, whether mm-hmm. explicitly or implicitly implies. Um, I guess what's so funny to me about that sentence is the um the use of the word anyway like <laughs> anyway yeah <laughs> like it's it really is like art well, I get, think we're supposed to think that this character like deserves to like learn her lesson but she doesn't actually get the opportunity to learn her lesson because she dies and it could be that and I think that is what it it comes down to is it's like reading this from an adult perspective and with and with kind of the sociological moral kind of mind space that I think we share it's like no life is worth like it's like there is no no, <laughs> no life is worth okay that's our new merch no life that's is our worth new dying. merch no life is worth um, dying GLU no life is worth dying but like like there is kind of a setup of like she died to save someone and it's like that is the type of rhetoric like used in like war and stuff which obviously right. like we're not you know keen on whatever but like I think that like we don't love war here. We don't GLU. love war. Weirdly enough, um, we're the not front of war. the shirt says the front of the shirt says no life is worth dying, and the back of shirt the shirt says we do not endorse war. We do not endorse war, and and like I, it's just sad because it's like no matter what, 
And there's there's other like past suicides referenced in this book that happened to teens at the school. And that's fucking scary and sad. And I I do think it's like reading a book as a teen. Honestly, the more that we're talking about this and maybe something similar, maybe happen. I mean, not the not the repeating the same day over and over again, but maybe this author went to a school where there there were a lot of past like suicides, but it's like I do, the more that we're talking about, the more I'm realizing that it is, like, as an adult, like, you do have to treat that with a special sort of mm. um, delicacy, because, delicacy, <laughs> uh, whatever, Del- what, you know. No, I mean, you, that's, that makes delicacy, sense. Delicacy, yeah, but, um, like, uh, I don't know. I'm faltering on, on words, but it's like, that's terrible. Yeah, it's horrible. And you want to do everything you can to prevent that, and... This book is not glamorizing suicide, but it is glamorizing death. Sure. Did anybody, I have, I have a question. Did anybody die while you were in high school at your school? Um, people, I, I've known people who I did go to high school with who have died. Um, but not while, I don't while you were in high school. I don't remember. No. So there was a gal who died at my high school while I was in high school. And I just, I can say that one, you know, like I think that something unrealistic about this book is the cavalier way that the characters talk about these people who have died before at this high school where, you know, as we have said, like it seems as if people die all the time. Um, Right. Because, you know, I think it's a pretty, I think it's pretty universal. I actually will claim that this experience probably follows other people who in like who maybe went to high school where somebody at the school passed away while mm-hmm. we were in school. It was like one of the most traumatic days of yeah. like school ever because yeah. like it was not it was not something that people were like that kind of thing does not allow most kids in a community atmosphere to remain like like the way that teenagers want to be like shrugging Mm -hmm. their shoulders and being like, whatever, like we like, it was horror. I mean, obviously horrible and so sad and so like senseless and so unfair, but like, yeah. Also just like the, like, like everybody was just, you know, like sobbing all day. And it was like one of those things where like, like it, it was just horrible and everybody was so sad. And it literally, it changed the way that, um, for the rest of high school, it changed the way that people behaved 100%. It changed the fabric of what happened in that school. And maybe it's because I went to a smaller high school and maybe it was because it was all girls, but like, yeah, no matter what, there's a before and there's an after of the way people like, yeah. Every single person who was in like my grade at the school could have told you what how they thought about things before that day and how they thought about things after that day and the way that it changed. I think that that is like totally like there that's part of the reason that I have always um disliked tethers to an extent and I don't think that it's anything necessarily wrong like with like the text, like, I don't, I don't necessarily think it's like morally wrong, but I, I just cannot in any sense, like get behind any sort of, of teen death. 
in and like death treated with like that cavalierness and and I do think it's it's unfortunate because like I think reading it as an adult I guess there's less separating us from death not necessarily in like the bodily harm sense but in the sense that like as an adult I do think you better understand it's like uh, the inevitableness of death and yeah, that it could the have the fragility an, of life yeah and maybe I'm not a good like kind of candidate for thinking about death because I think of my like uh my obsessive compulsive disorder and my worrying about it but like that is has always been kind of the the biggest hurdles for me to get this is like such like a depressing episode sorry everyone (laughs) um but uh, like maybe we should just simultaneously release valentine's day on the main feed too no i think it's i think it's it's good i think that you should have to pay to be you should have to pay to be happy (laughs) but like with like my ocd one of the hardest parts about that has always been you know, in, in exposure response therapy, you're always told to kind of like challenge the thoughts to an acceptance level. Like, right. So like, uh, like more of a, if my compulsion was, um, I have to wash my hands five times or else I'll get Ebola or something like you would have to challenge and be like, well, maybe I will get Ebola. But if it's like, if my uh, intrusive thought is I'm worried I didn't spend enough time with my family before they die. And what if they die in a car crash? It's like, I can't do anything about that. Right. And it's also like, unfortunately, like that will happen. It, they Everyone will die eventually. Yeah. And I think it, that's especially, I'm also someone who is agnostic, but it's because I would love to believe in some sort of afterlife, like in a true sense and I find it very hard to believe in in some sort of like cosmic because I see things that happen in the world every day. Right. And that's like difficult too, because it just, it just turns. And I, I'm sure that there's a flip side of this is like, yeah, like live every day. Like it's your last, like cherish the moments you have. And that just becomes somewhat of a, uh, I, I don't, it, it's, it's hard. So sure. <laughs> this, this book, like really like I, yeah, I finished it like 20 minutes before and I was like, I want to cry now. It, it yeah. is really upsetting. And I think that we've barely like, even talked about the plot of it. Like, I don't even think we have to, if yeah. I'm being totally honest. Like I don't, I don't think that like, I think that we can in a minute come through and, you know, maybe talk about some greatest hits because I think that we've, we've captured the essence of this book. We we've are captured what it feels like to read it. Yeah. And I, I, I want to go back to something that you said because I, uh, to, bring us mm-hmm. a little bit more into the text, which is you said that you don't like Heathers mm-hmm. bec- or you, not that you don't like Heathers, but that you, you, you yeah, don't-, I don't like it. I think I like the songs from the musical. I yeah, think the that songs those from are the musical fun. Are good. Yeah. I disagree that Heathers is very dark. However, I think that something that Heathers has, you don't think it's dark. This, no, I said, I, I think Heathers is very dark. Oh, yeah. And I, um, I think something that Heathers does really well that this book doesn't do at all, which is indict the way adult culture mm. has motivated the like weird um like death cultness of like the teenage lives in Heathers if that makes sense like yeah. it really is just like a full indictment like every single it's so conscious like every single adult in that movie is totally doesn't give a shit about the kids doesn't listen to them like they're yeah. always communicating on different levels only cares about themselves and how they look mm-hmm. and like doesn't actually take interest in children's lives and i think that that like that movie was speaking to like the baby boomer generation of parents 
um, yeah. and how they parented their children and the sort of like laissez-faire approach to child rearing while also having this weird undercurrent of like conservatism. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's very effective because it shows the alienation that the kids feel as taking them to like such a place of darkness. Whereas in this book, it's like teenagers are fucking wild. We're smoking cigarettes in my friend's car and then we all fucking die. And it's like, it's so much less meaning and it doesn't contain a call to action other than don't bully. Yeah. Which is like, that's just not a feasible instruction for kids. Kids are always going to bully. Sorry. Yeah. And, and, and some of that I think is because of the non understanding of, of, of like being able to think outside of oneself. And I would say most adults have that problem too, but at least as an adult, like you are, I'm more conscious of being like, I can kind of stop that train of thought a little easier, not like, like bullying people as an adult. I hope I'm not. Um, but like, uh, like you, you are maybe able to intellectually step outside yourself a little more even if emotionally you're not. And as a teen, I don't think you're able to intellectually do that. Um, I don't know. And I think of like, that's, I was talking about this earlier because like, um, I, my, my former professor wanted me to be like, was reaching out to former like TAs he had to like have them be um, on a panel, like for like, you know, talking to like current TAs, whatever, like about like sure. what life is like, how that program had helped them. And I do want to like do it, but I had to tell him like, by the way, I know this other guy was a TA and I can't be on a panel with him um, because yeah. of, you know, uh, yeah. assault reasons. So yeah, um, I, but like then thinking about that, I have such a problem morally wrapping my head around like, not everyone thinks the same way I do. And I have, I have a lot of trouble like being, I, I, but that's great. That's grace that I can extend to a teen that I cannot extend to an adult. Right. Like, mm. like I feel like not in the assault sense, cause that did not happen to me in high school, but in the sense of like, there were people who I do feel like ha- did me harm in high school, but I do think that I probably did them harm as well. Do you know what I mean? And that's sure. like, that's something that's easier to, but anyway, but I, I have trouble like as an adult, like, separating because I'm like, did this guy like know what he was doing was bad? Like, do you know what I mean? Like I have trouble with the the moral aspects of that, I guess. And that I think is like an, yeah. uh, an understanding that comes to you as an adult. And like, that's like an answer that like I'll never have of like, what is the right way to think about stuff like that? And I think especially like, this is all to say that I think teens are, you, you're right. Like teens are always going to do each other harm. And some of that is intentional and some of it isn't. And it's more of the way, like, how can we mediate that as an adult? And exactly. How can we kind of show more of a, I, and I don't know. And like, that's the reason why, like, I'm not going to have kids. Like I'm not a teacher. Like I don't know. And I think that's, what's really hard about a lot of this is like, how do you tell these people who are in this weird place between childhood and adulthood? Like, I don't know how to communicate with them. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I just think that the biggest thing is like kindness and kindness in return and and the like recognizing your responsibility to hold yourself yeah. like an adult and to not give in to your impulses. Like mm-hmm. and I think that certain people like I think that like and obviously like I'm not like saying like oh like like 
you like I I'm not telling you to like have kids or whatever. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I cannot believe that we're here, but like yeah. I think that you would be a great parent for that reason because you are very conscious about like you're like a selfless person. Mm. Like you're very conscious about the impression that you're leaving on others. And yeah. like that might be it might be like <laughs> Sophie, it I'm wouldn't cry on this podcast. No, you are. <laughs> I mean like it's like it's not like like what I would worry about for you being a parent mm-hmm. would not be I'm about to cry too. But it wouldn't yeah. be harming a child. It would be the constant anxiety that you would feel <laughs> to like <laughs> that you would feel bad about yourself because I just yeah. like I and I think that like that's the problem. Like I always like I, I like that the assholes in the world don't. They don't think about feel, that. Yeah. No, they don't care. Like I, I don't like. It's there are people in this world who care about other people, and then there are people who just like don't. Right. There are people who can go and watch like a UFC fight up close and watch people like punching each other in yeah. the face and hurting each other without feeling physical pain, and then there are people who can like. Right. Yeah. It's so stark. And that's sometimes why I don't like, I, it sounds so horrible, but it's like empathy can be a curse because like, yeah, there are people, and I'm not saying like, oh, hashtag I'm an empath. Like this is not a hinge profile, but like, (laughs) (laughs) but your favorite show is The Office. (laughs) And you are looking for the the gym to your pants. Right. Um, (laughs) And I, I really found another like, teen death book, by the way, looking for Alaska. I don't know how we missed oh that one, which is God. very similar. <laughs> but, it's, but, it's, and, they, and they are kind of reliving her suicide over and over again. At least that one is like, they do pranks at the beginning. Like this one, there's yeah, no kind of fun, fun in this book. There is no. no fun moment in this book. It's all sexual assault, suicide, and death like right there's no moment where all the kids like get together and like smoke cigarettes and drink beers except like when they're in a car and you're like oh my god stop doing that in a car yeah um but that's the trouble like they're like they're like we have been conditioned through whatever means of you know our Mm -hmm. social upbringing to be empathetic people and like that causes you to like be subject to just the whims of feelings of others at all Mm -hmm. times. And the whims of feelings of like stupid books written by women who went to um, university of Chicago for their undergrad and Mm then NYU for their master's degree. Um, Like it washes over, you know, ruin your whole fucking week because it's like, you cannot help but feel things deeply. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's like, I don't know. Um, anyway, this book, what, what were some, let's talk about, I feel like I, should I we talk about the to, Cupid day of it yeah, all? Let's because talk about <laughs> Cupid day. Um, anyway, sorry. Well, I guess we gave the blanket trigger warning. Um, and yeah, it's fine. People, yeah. I mean, like, we'll People, put in, yeah. that, what, what, they come to expect those from us. Come on. But also if you know, you know, like <laughs> what's more GLU than, than crying on a Valentine's day of and yeah. talking about our, <laughs> our, uh, you know, various traumas that we've had. Um, uh, so this was fun. I, I was like, she like had the, the character in this book on one, maybe like day three or four when she's like, I don't fucking care anymore. She wears a necklace that says slut on it. <laughs> yeah. She goes full Kathleen Hannah. Yeah, she goes full Portia. Um, yeah. Like, uh, so, and then I think, so this is the day, this is what Cupid day is. It's definitely on Valentine's day. Or on February 12th. It's on February 12th, so I'm like, is it the Friday before Valentine's Day or is it the closest day to Valentine's Day whenever at that school. is? That's what I think it is. I think it's the closest day it's to like Valentine's Day It's like Green Beer Day at school. It's like exactly. closest day, yeah. 
Um, and Cupid's Day is like a day that like people send each other roses at school, which like I just am saying if I built a school, there would be no um there would be no gram system. Like never would mm-hmm. students ever be allowed to buy I never, little treats to send each other. Gram, I have to say. My school didn't, my high school didn't do grams. My college did. I think it's different in college. My acapella group, trigger warning, um, would do. Yeah. Um, Name something more traumatic that we've talked about in this group than Sophie Woods in an acapella group. Yeah, that's the worst thing. Um, but my acapella group would do Valentine's Day singing mm-hmm. grams. And that was fun because like. Yeah, that's cute. It was like, you're and in college, you're personal. more secure. Yeah. Exactly. Also, like, you're not like, you don't know everyone in college versus I feel like in high school, even right. if you don't literally know everyone, it's like you, you're not walking, you're not confined in the same building for seven right. hours a day in high, in college. And it wasn't like you were spending you all day, like waiting to get one, you know, no. it was like more so like, oh, like you would write, to, like they would write down where the person would be at a certain time and we would like go in and like in our like silly Valentine's Day outfits and sing to them. Um, like that was always really fun because like it's more of like a, like it's not, it's not high stakes. Like we what would- songs like the, did you sing? We had like always a list of songs. So we would do like silly, silly like old songs. Like we did, um, we did Beautiful Soul by uh, Jesse McCartney. That's fun. We did like Build Me a Buttercup. Um, we That's did cute. Uh, Always Be My Baby. And you could like pick, like, we would have and a list was of like five songs. Always Be My Maybe. So, yeah. You weren't um, copying off Ali Wong. We did um, like Our Song by Taylor Swift. And then we also, the funnest one was. Um, one like we one year decided that we would do like a Rick roll one. So we would start <laughs> we would start one song and then we would go into like never gonna give you up. And that was always like a silly That's like cute. Yeah. Yeah. So um and like you know everybody like in the group would always send one to their like boyfriend or girlfriend. So like we would go get mm-hmm. to sing to them. Like uh, we did one, you know, we did a few for Nick. What um, what songs did Nick get? Do you remember? I sang our song by Taylor Swift to him, um, like in the middle of like his computer science class. And that's the best part is you embarrass people. Oh, it was in class? (laughs) Yeah. Like you would show up, we would show up to people's classes, which was the funnest part. Like where you would come in and like, you know, the person would write down if like their professor like would be cool with it or not. And so professors, professors loved it. You know what I mean? Imagine what's better than like, Teaching and then all of a sudden, like, yeah, not having to teach. Yeah. What's better than getting paid to do something and then all of a sudden not having to do that right. thing? Like, yeah. it's heaven. Yeah. And so, like, we would show up and, like, stand at the front of the room and then, like, grab the person's hands who we were singing to and, like, be really dramatic That's about cute. it. And, I like, know that happened at Miami, but it was, like, acapella. That was, like, they would woo whole sororities. Like, it would be, like, this is from one frat to another. No. I like the idea of it being to an individual and having it during class though I would be embarrassed I think if that happened to me less so yeah it yeah tell me but the whole point is that it's embarrassing but then you're also like oh I have a girlfriend Mm -hmm. and she loves me enough to like pay five dollars for this acapella group five dollars that's a lot of labor you guys probably had to like get out of class too I think it was probably closer to ten dollars and we would just like pencil in our schedules and then but we would make a ton of money doing it yeah um but I the wish f- swag my sketch writing group could have done something like that <laughs> do like a zip zap zap with someone in your class <laughs> yeah um well, oh i fucked garfield but i'd rather be <laughs> fucking you <laughs> the end the funniest was when i um 
somebody like sent one to a guy on the basketball team and we had to go to basketball <laughs> practice with all of these like super tall basketball hot class. athletes and I had to do the solo like sing the lead and it was build me up buttercup and uh-huh. I got so nervous that my voice cracked well and the, I was also like, the acoustics in a basketball court are probably bad. not great and so yeah. I was singing like why do you build me up and instead I went what do you <laughs> and everybody just started laughing like the whole basketball team oh. everybody like everybody laughed and we had to start over and I literally was like beat red like oh my tears God. streaming down my face laughing like yeah. having to do this and I was like like all these men are towering over me and I'm like please one of you drag me back to your lair and impregnate me and like give me a Mercedes right um it, I don't know it's super fun if like like I would love like an adult singing gram like we, why why haven't we done that as a Patreon tier? We'll like record an episode about their loved one's favorite piece of media. This is just like cameo. Like that's what cameo. That is, is cameo. Why didn't Jack sing? You build me up. Build oh me my up god! On his Once cameo. again, if you haven't seen my Jack's, cameo. you gotta. We, you should just repost it because that really was a Valentine to me. Jack's it, like truly just being on cocaine and yeah. asking Sophie to get a drink with. <laughs> Right, with his which, wife, of course, with his wife. Which actually, I am going to LA in two weeks, and maybe I should, maybe I should hit him up. Um, yeah, with my wife, with with, with my wife, wife and my boyfriend. My boyfriend will be there. Um, okay, That's what's, what's like, else? scary about LA, and why I'm glad like we don't live there is it's because yeah. like that could happen with not with any celebrity, but that doesn't that scare you? Like thinking about running into celebrities. No, Do, I love it. You love it. Okay, I'm the kind of person though where I. I am anti-approach, and it's because of an experience. I don't know if I've ever talked about this on the podcast. Oh, my God. This is humiliating. Ozzy? No, that's I I didn't approach Ozzy. Ozzy approached me. Um, Ozzy from Survivor, famously, I saw him. Of OnlyFans, Survivor, and Pornhub approached me. Um, would not leave me alone. <laughs> Nobody believes me, but I did not approach him. I believe he approached you. me. Um, thank you. Nick always is like, it wasn't Ozzy. It was just a random guy. And I'm no, like, you, it, you wouldn't know Ozzy. You're the survivor yes. bitch. He would know Exactly. Ozzie. He's such a dumb. Oh, God, Nick is just constantly gaslighting me. This is a Valentine's Day. We're talking about death. You know what? I bet if Nick got got hit by a car tonight, he would have to come back in time and be like, Sophie, I believe you about Ozzy. (laughs) (laughs) That would be what would let him extend from purgatory to heaven. Right. He has to finally let go of that. Yeah. Um, So he just uh, doesn't like thinking that Ozzy could have swept you away because he could have if he tried. Yeah. Because I've seen his dick and it's huge. Yeah. Um, (laughs) (laughs) We all have. And it's gigantic. I'm not not getting behind that paywall. You've, oh my, it's not Franny, go to Pornhub, search okay, Ozzy from Survivor. It'll take 30 seconds. Like, Good. if Honey, I was so it's, afraid of what happens on that. my computer, I wouldn't have sent it to you. I yeah. would have sent it to you by now. <laughs> um, I was working at my former workplace where we okay. often had people of, like, you know, moderate to severe predominance um, speaking, doing events. Mm-hmm. For some ungodly reason— like Sherry Shepard was doing, like did a movie about mm-hmm. like, like I think like concussions or something. It was like football concussion. It was not the Will Smoothie smoothie <laughs> Will Smoothie, <laughs> the Will Smith movie concussion. It was a different. I'm pretty sure it was a different movie, or it was about like it was just like something having to do with football. And like she played yeah. the mom, and she came to like host a screening of this movie at my work, which like. Sherry Shepard, like, very controversial figure, like, famously got kicked off of The View for, like, saying, I, I can't, 
it was like something about like like and if she someone's that, kicked off the view, you know that's yeah. It doesn't happen something. a lot. Yeah. It doesn't happen. That's a, a lot. rare event. Um, she got kicked off of the view for saying something like all religions come from Christianity, and somebody it was like like she implied that like like I believe and don't quote me on this, but she implied that like Judaism came from Christianity. Ooh, opposite, yes. maybe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like opposite, 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 and like yeah. was like I like. And somebody like responded with like the fact that it didn't. Right. And she was like, uh, well, to me it did. And like really <laughs> like, yeah. And just like dug in her heels. So like, I don't know why she was at work, but Sherry Shepard, my work, but famously Sherry Shepard. It's close. Played, I feel like you can name it. Yeah. At, it, when I worked at the wing. Yeah. It's cl- it's done now. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. When I worked at the wing, Sherry Shepard came to the wing and Sherry Shepard very famously was on my favorite show, 30 Rock, playing Tracy Jordan's wife. And is like Sherry Shepard. Because I was about to say, this sounds like when Tracy Jordan on 30 Rock, he goes to the women's shelter to play his movie and then he ends up having to play the clumps two or whatever. Yeah, exactly. What is it? Is it the clumps or what? Yeah. No, that's the real one. Uh, it's called like the the yeah the fat, is it the fat no that's from Tropic Thunder yeah, it, yeah. I think it might be the clumps because I don't think the clumps is I don't think the clumps is real the chunks the chunks because the, no the clumps is real because the oh, clumps God. is the real name of oh no that's so dark <laughs> anyway. oh that is so dark the clumps um, is worse than the chunks I have to say the chunks <laughs> is just like more in your face about what the clumps is I guess yeah yeah um. But so we like Sherry Shepard was coming to my work. I love 30 Rock. I'm a huge 30 Rock fan. Sherry Shepard is one of the best parts of 30 Rock. Like she just like she like anybody. She's the infamous ham, right? Yeah. The the ham that came from her. Yeah, that's her. And she like they did that um fake reality show. Queen of Jordan. Yeah. yeah, Bravo show, Queen of Jordan. So funny. Like I just I loved her. I've always like like my favorite um like my like I don't know she was always my favorite character on that show so it, there would always mm-hmm. be somebody who would have to be like the point person for the predominant person coming so weeks before right. I was like guys I call Sherry and of course nobody yeah. else was like everybody else was like who but I yeah. was like I need to be the person who gets to ride in the elevator with Sherry mm-hmm. so Sherry gets there with her team she is gorgeous this woman is like she was in this beautiful like hot pink dressed like spanked to the gods like yeah high heels she's a tiny little lady as like most actresses are mm-hmm. hair more perfect than like mine would be even like on my wedding day yeah um beautiful makeup like just looks so gorgeous like i go down to like get sherry out of her car basically with her mm-hmm. team we walk inside we get in the elevator and i just like we go up and I take her to like the little room where like she's allowed to like sit to stay mm-hmm. away from all the regular people. And I was like, share like Miss Shepard, like I just have to say, like, 30 Rock is my favorite show. Like, I grew up watching it. Like, your comedy, like, legitimately, like, is like one of the cornerstones of like how I think about comedy and how I think about what's mm-hmm. funny. And I like, I just like I'm just such a huge fan. And I end up rambling, like, because I didn't think about what was I what I was gonna say. Yeah. I end up rambling for like you know, probably a solid three minutes at Sherry about like, you know, I'm like referencing Queen of Jordan, like Mm -hmm. all of these things. I'm like, I just, I love you so much. And she just like looks at me like I am the craziest person she's ever met. And she just looks at me and she goes, she was so sweet, but she was like, honey, that was all the writers. 
Oh, <laughs> oh my and god! I just was like, I just had no, and I was like, yeah, totally. Yeah. Like, but like, you're so amazing, and it was just like, it was so humiliating because yeah. it was like this woman just was just like trying to do her job, and right. then she had this like, like fucking recent college graduate being like Sherry, like if you told me to jump off a bridge, I would. Sherry, and like, come she, on the pod. Yeah, she was like. She literally was like, I am wearing way too much makeup and like my hair is way too nice to be being talked to by like a freak in overalls like this. Yeah. Like get away from me, you little white devil. Like that was yeah. genuinely. And I, I was like, after that, you know, I've seen multiple celebrities since then. And I am like, if it is not somebody who I need to take a selfie with or else mm-hmm. I will die. Like there are certain people, like there are certain famous people that in public, if I saw, they're if so Brad famous. Pitt was just like, at a UDF, you you talk right. to Brad Pitt, yeah. Yes, exactly. But then people who like people who I genuinely like, like people who I'm genuinely a fan of, who mm-hmm. are famous, like probably are not at the level of fame where I would feel comfortable approaching them. Right. Yeah, and I think that's like I'm thinking of people who like I've approached. A very, it was very little. I I think, and it's like all people who it's like I like now like have like ostensibly like connections with but I'm like trying to oh okay. well, well, not, not but no because it's like people I was like oh like you're from this podcast that I yeah. love do you know what I mean but they're not like a celebrity I don't think right um I don't know you've you've been approached as a GLU I have but that's different because it's like, it like oh that's that that's that like it was in Chicago at like a place I used to work where, oh like, people, well okay yeah you know what I mean? Where yeah, it was yeah. like people like um somebody who was like a Loyola student came to mm-hmm. the to the cafe and heard me talking and mm-hmm. was like, Oh my god, like are you but it's like people from Loyola obviously listen to GLU because like they like have friends who know me. <laughs> who are friends with you. So that's a little bit different. Um Yeah. I think like I'm trying to think of like any anyone who I've seen. Um, I just like have like I, I I second guess myself quite a bit when it comes to celebrities. So unless I'm like sure of them, I'm like apparently like I walked within inches of David Spade when I was in LA, and my friends were like, "Oh, it's David Spade." Um, the most time that I've probably been in the room with a celebrity for the longest um, would be. Um, I think Peter Frampton was flying out of the CVG airport and wow. my parents were like, that's Peter Frampton. I don't, I only know that I know that he's a musician, but, um, really like I would never be like, look across the room and be like, that's so-and-so unless it's like, yeah, someone who I'm like intimately familiar with probably from like a comedic level. But like, I would, oh, if it was like Angelina Jolie, I would be like, <laughs> is that her? Have I said this on the pod? I have the funniest one. Did I tell you about the time I saw Gia Tolentino's husband and baby? No. Yes. But oh I my only, god. I Franny, this is so bad. But this is I, you can keep this. This is funny. I don't. I don't know what they look like. I have to. I don't. I do not know what Gia Tolentino's husband. It's looks because like. I am so good. They got at married? recognizing people. I thought she didn't want to get married. They recently got married. Okay. God, Franny, keep up with Gia Tolentino's <laughs> Instagram. This was like the most creepy I've ever felt in my entire life. Um. And I'm glad that we've transitioned to a fun topic yeah. for this podcast because the first the first yeah. three quarters were dark. Um, so I am really good, like famously with like face recognition. Mm-hmm. Like the other day, I was in the gym and like was on a like treadmill next to a girl I went to elementary school with, and I was like, "Hey, 
are you Miriam? We had like fourth grade gym class together. And she was like, what? And I was like, I'm Sophie Kruger. Don't you remember? You went to this school at this time. And she was like, I guess. And I was like, yeah, no, we know each other. Yeah. Um, like I just, I have face recognition mm-hmm. and name mm-hmm. recognition. Like, I remember people. So Gia Tolentino, you know, like any other person, she probably shouldn't post her baby on Instagram because I immediately, we were, Nick and I were, the last time we were in New York, like six months mm-hmm. ago, we were at a cafe and this guy walks up with a stroller and I look in the baby and I'm like, unfortunately, I know for a fact that's Gia <laughs> Tolentino's baby. And then I kind of like looked up what her husband looked like and I'm like, bingo, that's absolutely yeah. Gia Tolentino's husband and baby. And they sat down and guess who came to meet them? Who? Gia one of the hosts of no, one of the hosts of Who Weekly. What? Who I recognized from her voice. And so I literally was sitting there shaking. And I told Nick, I was like, Nick, not only is that Gia Tolentino's baby and husband, yeah. it's the girl from Who Weekly. And Nick was like, oh my God. Like literally starts like waving at them, like oh my pointing God. at me. And I was like, Nick, if you make me go over and talk to them, like I will break up with you. Like this is yeah. humiliating because how am I going to say I recognize them? Because I saw Gia Tolentino's baby. Like that's how much of a right. creep I am. Yeah. And that like, so Gia Tolentino, if you're listening, stop posting pictures of your baby on Instagram because creeps like me, literally I was in public and I had to like put my sunglasses and a hat on because I felt so disgusting about having recognized your baby. You did like a reverse celebrity. Yes. Like you're like, like, I'm <laughs> I'm the fan and I have to put on the hat and sunglasses. <laughs> the baby knows I know. The baby <laughs> like, can I was, tell. Because the baby kind of was like, because they were literally right next to us. Yeah. And so the baby kind of was like looking over at me. Like, you know, when babies are in public. Are and they, yeah. They point at people. So the baby started kind of pointing at me and I was like, girl, no, not now. Like, I was like, this is like, Gia Tolentino's baby come on the pod. We need to talk to you. (laughs) Yeah, it was so creepy. Like, I literally was like, this is like, this is disgusting territory. The fact that I recognized a baby. Right. Yeah. Gia, I hope you're listening. Lock up the pictures of the baby. Lock them up. Get them. I in literally that vault. think I unfollowed her on Instagram because I felt so like, dirty I about that thing. <laughs> I was like, "This is wrong. This is wrong." And I, in that moment, I was like, "If I have a baby, honey, she's not going on Instagram." Because well, I don't all think you, you can't put your baby on Instagram. I, I think that that like I think I under obviously babies are cute, but I I think that probably for security reasons you should not put your or because I have not even from like a like creepy reason necessarily but i know that because obviously there's that to think about but i think the other thing is that if you're like here's my child born on this date at this time and their full right. name is like okay uh right at this yeah. hospital at this like, hospital. The hospital yeah that's yeah. like okay you might as well post their social too yeah i think that by the time i would have a child that instagram will be like illegal or something so yeah <laughs> you probably you won't have to be. worry about that yeah, yeah you won't have to worry about that um, I feel like we're done. Yeah, we're done. We're done. Sorry, we didn't talk that much about the book. It's okay, though. You guys didn't. Nobody wanted to hear. Nobody wanted to book. read about that. I mean, you can go read it yourself. I did think that I think that she's a good writer. I, I, I would have loved to read this book if it wasn't about death and suicide. I just don't. I think that as an author, you have to like just because you think it's interesting doesn't mean that it's responsible. to write. We about. need to read it. Right. You know, I'm not I even think thinking fair. it's irresponsible. I'm just like, what are you like? What are you trying to say, really? Like, I think so much about these books that we read, where I'm like, had the author sat down and actually been like, what am I trying to say? We probably probably would have gotten a different and better book. Yeah, and I'd love to know. Um, unfortunately, there's no way to know that. So, what if instead it was like every single day she was like in space and like she had to find a way to get back to Earth again? Like, that'd make be cool. it cosmological in like a better way. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be know. fun. Yeah, that'd be great. 
All right. This has been Girls Like Us. Happy Valentine's Day, guys. Go get freaky with it. Maybe you're boning to this podcast right now. And for that, I yeah. say, wow. Thanks. I what guess. a choice that is. Yeah. yeah thanks, I guess. Um, if you want to pay for a happy episode and many <laughs> happy episodes, you can and, go hey, to. Well, I'm going to say if we get a spike in patrons from here, honey, it's nothing but suicide <laughs> all the way out. Right. Exactly. We're, we're gonna, yeah. We're going to, if we right. figure out how to make money, yeah. oh, we're going for it. So we'll do it. We'll do tread 13 lightly. weeks of 13 reasons why, where we just do chapter by chapter. Like you and I would like, I think I would quit this podcast. Like I would just get so sad. I would have to yeah. like, go into like an intensive outpatient program. Yeah. Um, so go to patreon.com slash girls like us show. Um, we will never do the 13 reasons why book no. and that's a GLU promise. Yes. Um, other promises I have for you. Hmm. If you check out our producer Camden's music, uh, you will love it. And actually it's Valentine's day. If you're going to bang Camden's yeah. music, like famously when we were in college and I hope I'm not, I hope I'm not blowing up his spot right now. And he ultimately gets to decide whether this goes in the episode, but Camden did have a playlist, a secret playlist on SoundCloud called Poon Tunes that he had like <laughs> thought he had like curated like the best like sex playlist ever. Was I it? guess. Um, I mean, I personally have never banged to it, but um, I have had friends who did and, mm-hmm. you know, everybody loved it. So Camden, Stacy, you know, the actually maybe the king of sex music. Mm. So if you're going to get down with your lover today, honey, turn off this podcast and turn on DJ Cam Stacy. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you know what? If you're going to get turned on in other ways, maybe turn on um, one of our Frolic Sorority Sisters podcast. There's That's some like Frolic. erotica romance podcasts. There really so, are. Yes. Yeah. Lots of erotica romance podcasts. So if you're trying to get sexy, maybe go to frolic.media slash podcasts and check out some of those. It's all actually like romance literature. Yeah. So perfect for V-Day, perfect for you and your bae. Yeah. Um, and then obviously, as always, you can find us on social media at Girls Like Us Show on both Twitter and Instagram. And finally, our lovely theme music is by Leggy. All right. Enjoy your week, everybody. Sorry if we depressed you. Happy V-Day. Bye. Bye.